Yo, excuse me, Mrs. Lynn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this every mic you're about to hear, we, we swear, swear the, the best, best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, if you, you didn't, didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. Good to y'all, man. We live. This is America 20 to Life. Um, this is our first broadcast live that we're going to try to do. Um, so y'all know this is a podcast, but we're recording it live, obviously, so that you guys can all hear it or see it and so on. Malika, what's up? So anyways, um... This is our podcast that we are actually just streaming live through Facebook. And then if you don't get a chance to meet, see this, and you'll see down in the right corner, might be your left corner, there's a ticker there that shows you um, the time on this. So it's going to be for an hour. And um, after this podcast, we're going to take this video, doctor it up a little bit, and then put this on our YouTube channel, America 20 Life. So um, most of y'all know who I am. Some of y'all who don't, I don't know. There might be some people that's going to catch this later. Well, hopefully if you're on there, you know both of us. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Mike Lynn, my wife, Erica Lynn. This is America 20 Life. We went live yesterday. We talked a little bit about some current events. But we also talked about our history, our lives, um, what we created America 20 Life to be, what we kind of envisioned it would be. Um, we've been working on this again for probably close to six months just in yeah. the kitchen cooking this. We got a lot of old... Um, we got a lot of old, um, broadcast that we didn't put out, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Just, just practicing and, and trying to put content together. And Yeah. I'm gonna have to turn her off. I can't, I can't look at these comments. I'm sorry. I don't know my, you got to figure it out. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we had a bunch of old stuff that we figured we had put out and just didn't end up getting into it. So we thought now is a perfect time. We've been sitting around the house for probably, what, two weeks now quarantine. It's been 18 it's days. Day 18, okay. <laughs> 18 days quarantine. So we, we got it back together and put it out. So this is what you're, this is the journey to this point. Is this what you're seeing? Um, y'all heard the new intro. That intro we did, We it took us like a day to do that intro. We was like, you know what? Let's do something funny. Let's do something Something that, that that symbolizes who we are, so we came up with the show. It's different because it's the show, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm so we took that beat, put a little hip hop on it. Erica found out how hard it is to rap. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool though. <laughs> we had so much fun though. It was fun. It was. It was. A but whole it was lot. hard. It was difficult. It's difficult when you try to change the words, but then match the flow of that beat. And that beat really, really hard to to work with. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's the intro to America 20 to Life. Obviously, the name America, if anybody, that's a Benefer type. What is it? <laughs> what is it? Benefer? Who yeah. else? Who's um, the other ones? I don't know who else would be. There's other ones. Benefer. Anyways, America, Mike, and Erica, obviously, America 20 to Life. And then, obviously, the 20 to Life. We've been together for close to Long 22 time. years now. We've been married yeah. for three years in October. I'm, I'm a sorry. terrible wife. I know. I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't really know. Yeah, so That's because that was like a non-important, like the marriage part. 
It was. We've been it, rocking it, since it 98. No, I mean, it was important, but we've been together since 98. Yeah, we've been together for a long time. That's the important part. Um, <laughs> so anyways, the America 20 life was just more or less our lives together. Um, you got to think like, we've been through so many groups of people, like knowing different pe- different genres in our life where we went from, you know, being 18 year old people with a new kid and newborn, um, known each other since then. So high school days, I was 17. You were 16 when we met, and then... I was 18 when I had Mikey. Yeah, you had just turned... Nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You had just turned. So, it's been 20 years to life. Hopefully, you know, a great future together, a long future together. So, we want to take y'all through kind of that journey, yo. Like, we want to take y'all from the point of us meeting, and we're going to talk about some of that today. Through that journey, and then peppered inside of that, we also want to have some guests on, talk to some people in the neighborhood in the community um anybody who knows me and my wife we're very active in the community as far as you know social justice as far as i mean just lots of things we just if it's an issue going on or something needs to be talked about we kind of on on try to forefront that bringing mm-hmm. a lot of awareness to the to the people of the city on certain aspects of things that may not be paying attention to um so along that journey we've met a lot of people a lot of people who maybe haven't been able to connect if that makes sense. So there may be some people up in City Hall who have never connected with somebody who lives off of Miller Road, but I, I can be the bridge to that. So I'm trying to figure out how I can get some of these really influential people on here to um, bring their insight and bring bring different knowledge of what their field may be or what they deal with in the, in the, in the city um, to the light. So we're going to use this platform for that as well. Um, it's going to be fun, though, y'all. We're going to try to put it all together, have some fun with it. Um, and that's part of it. It's it's going to be about us. And we have a lot of memories, a lot of stories, just a lot of really good times. It's just 20 years is a long time. We hit 21 together, you know, mid-20s, Man, hit, hit 30, all the, all the milestones. 21, 25, 18, uh, 30. And now our, our son is hitting those same milestones. Mikey, 20 years old, just turned 20 in March. So that was sweet. Um. Yeah, so we like to travel. We want to take y'all with us when we travel. We do like to travel. We get out the get out the way a little bit. It's been tough sitting in the house, but I'll be honest with y'all. Like I know all y'all on quarantine too. That's kind of why I decided to do this at eight o'clock. Gives everybody a chance to just sit back, relax, and you know, turn this on. Come in and out of it if you want to. You ain't got to sit the whole time, but you know, just come in here and check in and see if there's anything that we talking about that might interest you or give y'all something to think about outside of this quarantine situation. Um. But yeah, we've been in the house for almost 18 days now. What is it? It's 18. 18 I've been counting. <laughs> yeah. And I've been in the house even more so than, than Mike has because he does our store runs. But I've, aside from walks, bike rides, that's it. Yeah. So I do I do try to get out a little bit to go get the stuff that we got to get. That shit's scary too. Um, But anyway, so speaking on something, what you got? What you got some notes over there? You got some stuff up? Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the live. We, so, we're, we're streaming in the, the COVID group. I don't know if anybody's the COVID heard of that. Live group, yeah. yeah. So as of right now, we got some people that came on. My sister, Michelle, that's see you on there. People on here, Millie on here, my mom, my dad, Jeff is on here, uh, Dr. Buchanan, who I'm going to bring on as a as a, um, a co-host, and we're going to bring her on here to... Alika's on, mom in love. Mom having a conversation with me through the comments right now. <laughs> Finally, I can hear you. I can't hear you, Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> you already knew that was coming, Jerry. 
Oh my God. You can't. <laughs> so anyways. Michelle's um, laughing right now. We're going to bring Dr. Hey, Buchanan on who has actually uh, been my psychologist for over the last two years, who's yeah. helped me in um, a lot. I can't even tell you how many ways to be a better person. And so like when I talk to a lot of my brothers out here in the world, man, like the traumas that we go through on a daily basis and really can't speak of that to nobody outside of, you know, maybe our, our bed talk, our wife or whoever the case is. Um, I'm telling you, I bed talk my wife all the time about things that's going on with me. But until you talk to somebody professional to give you like a different perspective, I mean, it just really ain't nothing you can. I can't really I can't really tell you how important it is uh, to have somebody like that in your corner. And she's a she's a uh, African-American female, too. So she can understand the struggles that us as brothers go through and um and sympathize, empathize with that, but also give us strategic ways to to get our minds right and move towards a better direction as far as a people. So. Yeah, we, we're gonna definitely bring her on to uh sure. to talk. She's agreed to that, so we'll talk more about that, like the the um the mental health issues that even I've struggled with, and some other people that I know have struggled with. Um, so we're gonna bring bring her on to speak on those issues as well as other issues and what she's doing. I think she currently works at MSU and she holds a class down there. She's done a TEDx talk. I mean, just a powerful woman. So I want to bring her on eventually to to bring her to y'all yeah. to the world. So. Sure. We're a family that definitely believes in having a positive mental health, and it's important, and especially in our communities, I think it's even more so important. Yeah, so um, we're going to definitely Jen, do that. Got Layla, Jennifer. Yeah, so what we got going on? You had the list of stuff yeah, over there. Yeah, I did. So about. we talked a little bit about what, what, what this is going to be about, you know, our show, obviously us, but it's not going to just be about us. We want to take you to our travels. Um talk about what's going on right now i mean it's a really weird time right now we we did a if you were on with us yesterday we appreciate you we were doing some practice but you know there's just a lot of of stuff going on right now in the world and a lot of times on a podcast you want to talk about local news national news but it's there's no differentiation right now between like the local news and national news because we're all going through the same thing together like right now like i said i'm on day 18 of you know self-quarantine and it's weird. It's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. So what we tried to do like over the last week or so, cause, like the first week you just veg out, eat everything in the, in the cupboards and like, you don't know what's going on really at that point. But like over the last week or so, we try to schedule our life out. Like I've been working on this a lot during the day. We get out and take our walks. Like I told you, like we're not locked in the house, yo. Like, so don't think that you're locked in the crib. I mean, you're really just asking you like to stay away from people. So best way you can do that, you know, take your, trips to the store, whatever you got to do. But outside of that, man, find your peace however you can. If it's just going outside in the yard, taking a walk on, the, on your, in your block, like we already did these things prior. I'm kind of an introvert in a lot of ways. Like I don't mind sitting at home. So like this is not the worst thing for me to be sitting at the crib. Um, I miss my friends and my people. I mean, that's yeah. as we all do. So I that's like that. the biggest problem is I just want to reach out and hug my family members and my friends and laugh, you know, to my gut bust. But <laughs> We've been hurting. trying to find ways to do that. Um, we do. Though. Jeff said, at least we got Tiger King. <laughs> so we talked yes. about that a little bit yesterday, but that is hilarity at its finest, man. Like, you can't even make that stuff up, man. So, yeah, we're going to get into that, too, a little bit later. But um, I do want to touch on one thing, though, outside of the, the quarantine. Like, so some of y'all have known us for maybe four or five years, two or three years. Some of y'all are friends with us on Facebook. Some may not be. Um, But I wanted to show y'all. Like, we got some pictures. Like, so when we first met, we first met at a whole Everett game. 
that was our respective yeah, school at the time. Game. Although yeah. I wasn't going to Hope, I was there because like that's where you're from. That's where my I'm not from. Not Hope. from Hope, but at that at time. the time my friends was in Hope and we kind of went together. I was I would have should have been an Ever Viking, but I was actually a Sexton and Big Red for some of my schooling, and then I was an Eastern Quaker for another little bit of my schooling, and then I was everywhere. I'm a Walker Viking. French, so it, anyways, we met at the at the Hope Sexton or Hope uh, Everett game football yep. game, and um. I was there clocking, you know what I'm saying? I had my polo butter soft leather on. Had that fresh coat. That, that, I mean, I remember like it was, it was dope though. I do too. I, I was clocking. I had never had seen your... a teenager with a leather coat. <laughs> I, I think like, I bought that coat for like 160 bucks off of It was Booster. a brown polo. I remember too. It was a butter soft yeah. polo, leather brown, and it had a little blue polo dude on it. And it was just, yeah, so I was wrapped in that. And then she had on like a nautica windbreaker, <laughs> which was the shit back then too. So I was all live and shit. Like, okay. So anyway, she had her little short haircut. I was in the Mexicans heavy at that time. <laughs> I was looking I don't super know what Mexican. It was. We was in the Mexicans heavy at that time. So she was looking live. And um so anyways, I I inquired with my homeboy, like, who is that? He knew her, my boy Raul, he knew her. He was like, Man, I can probably try to get her number for you. So I was like, all right. So from that point, it was just all about looking cool for the rest of the game, you know, not not having no incidents happen. So that's pretty much what I did until Raul hooked me up with the phone number. I think, no, nah, he took no, me over to your house. Yes. So he just took, took me over her house. I popped up on her and um, I popped oh, up boy. on her and it was like, from that point, she was like sewing bears like, oh my God. I was cutting my, I was trimming my hair. Yeah. And then you had some old, you had some, uh, them socks <laughs> Don't you, you tell them about my <laughs> Yeah, you had them sleeper socks. Them boys, it didn't. So, like, there's certain socks that have like a, a shape, like they shape like your foot. And then it's the flat white tube socks that you And I'm I'm like, I can't take that. So, that bothered the hell out of me. I was like, <laughs> so, anyways, I seen that. But then I was, looked, I was I in chill mode. So I was like, you know what? It's all good. We call the socks, we call them quitters because they start quitting yeah, you know, around the ankles. <laughs> yeah. So, that was that. Um, But here go a little picture. This is our first date right that here. That was. Do you remember where that was? This was at the cinema off of M78. Yep. We went out there because I had beef in the street, so we couldn't go to the regular <laughs> movie theater to cake up because things that happen and pop off, and I didn't want to put her in jeopardy. So that was in this the is your boy, Young yeah. Mike Men, out here, right here, um, and Erica. This is when she was still a Rodriguez, <laughs> right here in this pic. So Dang, we were young. Mm-hmm. That we was our first day. date right there. That was lie though. I don't remember what movie you went to see. Uh, you remember? No, I don't. That was when it, that's how it started out. Yeah, that's how it started. We took this picture in one of the picture booths. I mm -hmm. think I drove my dad. I had like a work truck. It was like an old Ford Ranger. It was I all beat up. I ain't had no driver's license. <laughs> we was out there hot, hot to try. <laughs> so anyways, that's our first little, that was our first little date. So then like, since then it was just rocky, man. We went through some rocky things here and there and stuff We were like young. That. Yeah, we was young as hell, Eighties. man. I don't, I don't let nobody try to shame me for what we went through in life, man. We grew up together. Like, we've been together longer than we haven't. Yeah, I was like, just telling talk. your uncle that. We've been together 21 years. So we And we met at 16, 17. Like, yeah. we've been together longer we've than we have We've been together longer than we haven't been together. Yeah, so like, we went through all of them struggles together. It was dope, though. It was cool. Um, so that that was our first date, yo. That was when we first met. That was, like, when we, when we first started rocking. Then we talked on the phone all night, every night. We did the whole pager thing, like if it was a song on, like it was like Deborah Cox, like how <laughs> did you? 
and he would page me with. No, I wouldn't page you that. Well, we would page each other. Not that. Not that song. Mine was but like we, somebody rocking, knocking on boots. That was more like I paid you like turn it on fifty one. We cracked. Yes, he would page me to put it on like BET or VH one. Yeah, so the page would come through like fifty two, and I hurry up to get to a TV turn fifty two on. It seems so inconvenient now, but I kind of miss those days. Like kids are really missing out on stuff like that. Nah, it was live, yo. Like they are missing out on that man. That puppy love like that was something crazy. Talking on the phone, like mm-hmm. literally, everybody's texting. Yeah, talking on the phone like crazy, you know. We um, went to prom together we did go to prom we, we got that prom. picture too we went yeah. we jumped ahead though because we did that after this <laughs> <laughs> so when so, we say we <laughs> we have definitely done a very unconventional you know journey this came before prom yeah this was this was like this was like um in march march, march 18th yeah yeah that was march 18th i was 2000. in labor and I was watching the game with my dude, Ken. I got the phone call that my water broke. And I kind of understood and knew why. But our parents don't hear, so I ain't going to talk about it. <laughs> but I think we might have induced labor that day. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, yeah, I got the call. And boom, Mikey was born into the world. My little dude, man. So, that yeah. was that. And then since that point in time, it was just like, it was like all the way in then. Yeah. So, we so I found that. out about her being pregnant with Mikey at my 18, on my 18th birthday. Uh-huh. You know, we was living on Waverly Road. I was living on Waverly Road with my pops. And um, we had kind of like decided we was, we was like on a break for yeah, a second. Yeah, we were like breaking up. No, man. It wasn't really other. like, it was just like a, we was going through a lot. Yeah. We was young dumbasses. Yeah, you so we up, was going up. through little stuff like, you ain't call me back, F you. And you know, that type of BS. So. But, but then I was at his house to bring his present yep, and all that. Yep. <laughs> and I that was my present, yo. Mikey Lynn the third, yo. That was my present right there. So that led into this. Oh, that okay. led into this little pumpkin head. That's what I used to call him back in the day. That was my little pumpkin head. So this is Mikey's first birthday. That's why we look like two children with a baby. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. time I look at this picture, yeah. I, I think that we look Every so time good. I look at this picture, I see that. That hand down there. What the? <laughs> f- Erica had like these claws. Erica. You know I got long fingers. Yo, that's all I can see. And then I can also see that three X T-shirt I had under my two X T-shirt. Listen, it was the early two thousand. It was two thousand. Then you had a ring on every finger. Oh, of course, gold rings every finger. You was lying. Oh, look oh. at you. I had my nails done. You just kidding. can't see them. They were all long. If y'all know me now, I keep my nails short. But back then, yeah, that was everything. that was that. That was laid into that right there. And then um, we're just giving y'all a little background. I ain't trying to bore y'all with our lives. You know what I'm saying? This is just America 20 to life. But giving y'all a little background. So that right there led into this. And if y'all notice, I had the dopest genuine curl ever. My shit was harder than genuine. You see that? And I had the Western cuff on my uh, on my neck, too. That you one did. was cold. My baby oh, looked all right, too. You, no, you would no, get it. I, I still see it. that claw, though. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know y'all see my hand. And she like I to have... point that mug at people when she get mad. I don't like that. Don't point that sharp son bitch at me. I have long fingers. Taser, know. taser. <laughs> oh, my God. Nah, I was young. I had the uh, twisties, too. Yeah. I was killing the game. Nah, you was. We was cold that day. I ain't really like it. We went to the 2000 Everett. I ain't, I ain't really hardly know nobody. Now I know a lot of them cats. Yeah, now, everybody like, knows. Back in the day, I was in 99. I knew all them 99 cats. Like, all my homeboys were 99. I'm the best class of 2000. Should have been a Viking. S-curl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So, anyways, so that was all right, man. We went to the Radisson. They did that at the it Radisson. Was fun. It was yeah, fun. that was, that was cool. my senior prom. Senior prom with with the the baby at home. Mm-hmm. That's how we did it. Yeah. No, that was cool, man. I rode my we, we drove. My mom had a uh, that little red car. She had like a, a uh, accurate or no, it was a uh, a Core, a Honda Core. Yeah. We drove the Honda Accord, and when then I don't know what happened. We was in like the, the automatic washer, and the damn thing beat the door up. Remember yes, that? and we were like, "Oh my gosh, man!" We were so young. Dumb and young. Dumb young. It was fun though. We had some good times. Yeah. So I mean, that was just like our first year right there. That literally was our first, first year. Like, so I kind of want to take y'all through those years because this is like so many little groupings of time like that when things was just crazy at that point in time. Um, I was working in Grand Rapids, low key. I was a super high school dropout, but I was making good, real good money at the time. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't feel like I needed school. I mean, I could afford all the Air Maxes I wanted and stuff. So what else do I need, right? Exactly, supporting the whole family. <laughs> nah, so like, yeah, we got our first apartment shortly after that, Treadwell Avenue. I remember we was out there uh, by the mall in West Horrocks, Side. West mm-hmm. Side. We was, and I was, I was like nineteen, had a motorcycle. You had bought your first little car. Yeah, I had my car. Then tow it up because you can't drive back then. I didn't tear it up first. I thought you did. So you tore the side up. I did, but that happened after the curb with the. Yeah, but you did that too. No, I didn't. Who did that? I yes, you, you did. did. No, I ain't never. No. I d- in all fairness, I did. So I, I sideswept a mailbox. <laughs> yeah, that was you. But it's not because I, I can't drive. With vehicles. I just was so something y'all should know. I learned how to drive when I was eighteen. Literally, I did. I didn't go through driver's ed. Nothing. I had a child before I had my driver's license. So mm-hmm. I literally learned how to drive when I was 18, went and took my road test and I was on the road. I didn't even know how to drive on the highway. Still don't really. I, be, I say that he, all the time. Okay. I don't trust it. I just, I'm just going to say I Here's don't trust the thing, it. And a lot of y'all in the com- have driven with me. I can drive. I'm good. I just Yo, don't like it's like somebody good, like. Here's what I don't Trump, do. <laughs> people the Trumpsters say he's good. You know what I'm saying? But people who really know, know, like, no. Here's what I don't do well with. It, I will be honest. Like, super bad traffic, big cities. I, I th- okay, so let me name them all. Big cities, <laughs> dark, rain. <laughs> no, dark and rain lots together. Lots of traffic. Uh... It's all, that's all them, all them things say that you just, it's I'm not just, that bad. it's not terrible. Yeah, I just, you know, you ain't as bad as my mom. My mom <laughs> crashed every car she got and, and every car she get loaned to her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Look, um. <laughs> the Honda, yep. It was yeah, bad. little Honda, Honda Accord. I used to, we ended, she ended up giving that one to me too. Oh, that Honda funny. Accord. Then my sister Michelle got mad about her giving it to me. I remember all of that. Ugh, hater. <laughs> she about to go in anyways um what else we got right what else do we got um i mean we kind of told you thank you millie see millie said i can drive and you're just gonna say that we co-signing each other but that's okay whatever <laughs> i mean it is what it is i'm not gonna get in no car and do no over 100 with you i mean i wouldn't i do can that drive either. 100 miles an hour with my knee Eating a sandwich. I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I do trust you to drive in a lot of situations that I wouldn't trust myself in unless it's going over a bridge. That's oh, that, yeah. that I, w- we don't. I don't really trust myself, but I definitely um, don't trust you. I don't know what it is as of late, though. It's just like I can't do them. I can't do bridges and none of that. And like I've been working on that with my psychologist. We're going to figure it out get it straightened out. Yeah. But if anybody was on live with us yesterday, y'all would have seen. 
the video of that. I don't know if we want. We need to replay that. We, yeah, we need to put it somewhere though, because the the video is hilarious, and the background to the video is that I went into recording it not knowing that what was about to happen was going to happen. I fully thought we're going to go over this bridge and it's going to be funny because I was like, oh, he's about to trip, you know? So I'm like, let me start recording. No, we didn't make it over the bridge. No, I took took my tail. I turned that bad rascal around. In the RV. Uh Uh-huh. But that's the other thing too, just traveling. You know, when we travel, we want to be able to kind of take y'all with us and, you know. She said, do the bridge video. We'll try to cue it up. Yeah, I'll try to to cue it up. (laughs) The bridge is funny. Um, Um, So anyways, outside of what's up with us, man, like, our city what's going on in our city so like everybody's on quarantine lockdown right now um how are y'all dealing with it like you know this is this is a this is a part of the show too i really wanted to address with everybody it's it's okay for us to sit here talk at each other for like an hour but i'd much rather have involvement so like we want to get people in here we can skype call people in um ask questions in the comments yeah we can video call people in um all of that so if we can get you in here, you know, to comment on how, like, you know, what's y'all first impression of us when y'all met us? Like, there's so many different people that I met in different portions of my life, my wife is included, who met either me by myself or her by herself or then, you know, us together. Us together. So I feel like that's that's interesting to find out what people's, um, what people's first impression of us was or what they ended up figuring out about us, whatever their case is. So um, throughout this quarantine, we're trying to do one of these. I'd say we're trying to do one one a day. Um, this is kind of like therapy to me as well, but we'll try to do one a day. But without people commenting or without people getting people on with us, it's gonna we're gonna run out of material. I mean, yeah, we only got. We want it to be a conversation, and, you know, yeah, a conversation. Yeah, you know, get some people on here to talk back and forth. Um, so, y'all want to meet my mom? <laughs> y'all want to meet my mom? She's the best, y'all. Well, I was your mailman and never got my gift card at Christmas. <laughs> Eric, yeah, you was the mailman out there on Biber. <laughs> For real? Yeah, remember he stopped by and I, he said he was going to apply and stuff. Yeah, I ended up working with him. At the that department. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyways, uh, we watched the news briefing today. So let me get get everybody up to date on what, what was going on with that. So our fearless uh, leader came on and told us about the, the issues going on and what he's found out and whatever. So basically what the thing is right now, they're trying to... Look, Jimmy said, call me. <laughs> Pure entertainment there. <laughs> um, so what we basically trying to do is, is what is it, leveling the curve or what's it called? Yeah, leveling the curve. Yeah, so they're basically trying to stop the influx of ICUs and people being infected and having to go to the hospital and so on and so forth. So from what I can see, outside of um, most, you know, outside of like the hot a spots, very few yeah. people, and I'm talking about city of Lansing, mm-hmm. but outside of a very few people like when i go out and about like ride the bike or if i have to go to the store i don't see too many people out so we've been doing a good job man keep that up i mean just this just the flat yeah flatten the curve thank you sir <laughs> um just the fact that we are all in this live right now people are finding new things to do like my man's uh my man's been putting up this bingo thing where you can put ten dollars on and everybody plays bingo like all these new all these new ways is popping off you're like the world is going to be forever changed by this by this quarantine, I believe. I hope so. Like, I really can't see it just going back to business and back to normal. People are figuring out new ways to do everything, yo. Like, it took, like I said, we've had all of this equipment and everything ready for six months. And it took this quarantine for me to lock my ass in here and be like, all right, we're going to get this together. We're going to put this down and have it right. 
you know and, what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's literally like what everybody's home. Like you know, we can put time into it. I'm I'm working from home right now, so I work a, like a normal work day. But out, outside of that, I'm you know I'm just here. So um, yeah. So what was I saying about that? Okay, so the flattening the curve. Yeah, flattening the curve. So basically, what what it is is giving people time to not get infected. Number one to stay from being infected obviously but then also people who are infected who may be asymptomatic or who have very light symptoms time to get over that and then be um what's the word i'm looking for non-infectious anymore because yeah, they're cured they from it basically mm-hmm. so like that's the goal yo is just to keep everybody in the crib for a certain amount of time to let this big rash of infection be done with not to overpower our our uh, hospitals um so most of y'all know like I know a lot of people that are first responders. I work, I'm a first responder, so I know a lot of people in the hospitals. Um, I got one friend, excuse me, that's working in the hospital right now, and they're terrified, yo. Like, they're going to work every day doing what they got to do, but they're terrified that people aren't paying attention because when they ride down the street or, you know, you get on our Facebook, you see the dummies who are throwing parties or, you know, like trying to get people together. And it's like they're not understanding the whole quarantine thing or they're just not believing that it's serious, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, I'm out here to tell you it is. It's dead serious, so... Um, for the people who are taking it serious, man, and sitting their butts down, man, congratulations, man. Yeah, but, we um, appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate y'all for for doing what's right. Um, but yeah, the, the, we don't want to flood our like. I, I look at it like this. This is how I look at it. Think of it this way: Do we want people out there flooding the ICUs when you need it? So if you need that ventilator for even something that's not COVID, think for instance, you have um whatever whatever happens you get pneumonia from something different or you have a heart attack or if you have a stroke and you need a ventilator for whatever reason because your brain is not telling your diaphragm to contract and you're not getting breath and that ventilator ain't there because all these dummies who out here partying and thinking it's covid ain't nothing or just trying to be covid thugs because y'all all have seen those covid <laughs> thugs who like this ain't nothing i deal with this all my life i ain't gotta worry about all of that bs and ain't nobody trying to hear those are the people who are going to be clogging up the hospital it's not going to be the using eyes. And I'm not saying that using eyes can't get sick because we're none of us are beyond that. But we're taking the precautions not to get sick. So, um, And it's just one of those things that, like, you have to, like, step outside of yourself. That's something that this really taught me. And I've, I've talked to Mike about this because it was a really weird situation to be in to watch people around you kind of be so flippant about the fact that, like, man, this is just like a bad cold or, you know, I just get the flu. I'll be fine. Like, but what about people that maybe won't be so you got people that are like you know this is we're good like if i get it i'll get over it i got the flu twice last year and i was just fine but what they're trying to explain to people and trying to get people to understand is what about you going to church or going to wherever going to visit your parents going to visit you know your pregnant cousin they may not come out of it okay and that's where flattening the curve becomes so important and it's also because our healthcare system will become overwhelmed Right. That's just bottom line. It will become overwhelmed in in Detroit. You're, we're seeing it right now. Yo, so like another thing that I don't understand, and like everybody can be brave with certain things. Like I've had things happen to me, and I've been in certain situations where I was brave. One thing I don't mess around with though is like this type of thing, viruses, things that I can't fight physically or they ain't have no rationale. Like you can't you can't talk to a virus and tell it like, yo, listen, I got a family. Please don't do this to me. It doesn't care about none of that. So, like, those are the things that I'm very fearful of, the things that when doctors say, we just don't know. I mean, I've never, ever seen a disease outside of HIV when it first came along, but that was, like, slow death over years and years and years. But I've never seen in my lifetime something this close to home where if you get it, 
the chances of you dying, you just don't even know. Like some people are walking out like, oh, I got COVID and they're cool. And then some people are dropping out like this. So that to me is a scary as hell. Like I, when I leave a house, I really literally feel like everybody got it. Every surface I touch has it. I mean, I sterilize my whole body, hands, everything when I come back to the crib. Like I'm super annoyed at this thing because like I said, it doesn't have any rationale. Like it's not going to tell you. I don't like you, so you die. And nobody understands why it kills certain people and not others. And it's new. And it's brand it's new. It's brand new. And that's the thing. And, when and, you don't know enough yeah. about something, you can't, you know, treat it the same way that you normally would. And not to mention, because we were talking talking to Mikey about that. And he's like, but even still, who wants to get the flu? Like, exactly. who wants to be that sick? You know, and that's another thing. That's like a, you know, you, we talk about forms of privilege and things like that. It's it's a form of privilege to be able to say, because we saw a lot of like young people out, you know, like, I don't really care. F this. And, you know, if I get it, I'll be good. And I'm sitting over maybe here like, you, you know, that you probably, you probably right. But you, if you go visit your grandma or even maybe your parents or, right. um, I mean, people that won't be okay. You're, you're good with that. Right. You know, you're okay with that. So that, that's been interesting. Right. Say least. I see people out here saying like, as soon as the governor put that out, we stayed home and I mean, it's making a difference. So y'all, all right. So we're going to do this. I want I want y'all to meet my mom, man, because my mom she's gonna get on here and she's gonna probably say some crazy stuff. But don't, mom, don't act. When you get on here, just be you, okay? Like you don't have to come on and do a show. This is not about that. Just come on, be you. I want to introduce you to the world, um, just right now. So I'm a, I'm gonna Skype her in while I'm doing that. Maybe you can, uh, let me see, let me Skype her in real quick. Which so she'll be on the phone, y'all. Yeah, but we're we not probably gonna, we're not gonna have her on video, but. So we're gonna Skype. So we're gonna call. We're gonna call you, Sharon. My past. I heard said, about that, Joe. Know, bro. That's, yeah. The bread house south. It is. Hello. Oh, there she is. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you turn your TV on down, please? <laughs> you're so you're live right now, Sharon. Okay, you don't want me talking about stuff, Michael. Now you know this is not a good idea. <laughs> so, world, introduce you to Sharon Smith, Sharon Mays, and now Sharon um, Burrell, my mother. Hi, Hi. guys. So, mom, how you what, doing? What, what's going on down there in Florida? Well, um. Santos still won't do a shelter in place. So as you can see, Florida's numbers are still rising, but I haven't been outside in almost three weeks and it looks like it's going to be another 30 weeks. What's going on? Days. What's going on in your neighborhood? Oh, the people that, you know, I live in a retirement community and everybody who lives here is um, high risk because uh -huh. of their age. Uh -huh. are, they, are they taking it serious? No, they're not. They're playing golf and um, pickleball and shuffleboard and meeting at each other's houses for cards. And no, do, they're not taking do, it serious. And I just, Mom, do they know that they're at, they're the ones that are dropping out from this? I tell everybody I can see it, and I'm posting it all over the because um, we have a Facebook page. And I post it all over there, but they just don't seem to care. I filed complaints with the office, and they've shut everything down, but people still keep going out there. Uh, 
So, Mom, what's your first impression of me when you met me? Oh, <laughs> I'm like that little sucker. He caused me all that pain because you know I have you C-sections. That's because it is noggin. I got this big ass head. Yeah, actually, your dad, your dad got to meet you before me. But you were precious. You were a precious baby. We loved taking the naked pictures. Oh yes, I've seen those. Some we still have. (laughs) I know Michael hates them. (laughs) I don't care. They're great. Um, One of my first memories mm -hmm. is her showing me all. She busted out all the pictures for me. So what's your first thought process of Erica? Ooh. Um, I, the only thing that I can really remember about that is her being pregnant and thinking that your life is finally going to change and you're going to understand what your dad and I live for every day. And um, I was glad that Erica was the one because she had the patience of Job to put up with you. <laughs> I used to tell Erica all the time, why do you stay with him? And I'm your mom. Damn, hater. Mom. <laughs> Yo, I never knew my biggest hater was my mom. I'm not your hater. I'm not a hater. I just she told would you say responsible it in front of you. for your choices. <sighs> wow. Okay. No, I get it. One thing I can say is my mother-in-law has always been like, she's always had my back since day one. Like as much as she's got her son's back, she had my back More as, as her grandson's too. mother. Yep. Absolutely. What's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. But you know what? I can tell you another thing. I supported my son 100% through everything. And there was a lot. That's a fact. That's a fact. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to put it all out here. I'm glad I'm in Florida. I'm glad I'm in Florida. People won't be beeping at me. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right, Mom. Well, I love you. I just want to introduce you to the world here. That's my mom, Sherry. Uh, I love you, too. We love you. And, um, um... Yeah, I love you. I'll talk to you later. I got a lot to say, so I'm sure I'll have my time. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. I love her. She's such a character. Mm-mm. Mama. So, yeah. Um. Yes, she always keeps it 100. Yeah, so that was cool. That was cool. Okay. That's how we want to be able to Skype people in, man. Um, Get y'all in here. Get y'all talking. Um, What else we got? What else we got? I mean, just what's going on in the world. So, something that I, I, I was just seeing earlier today somebody was posting and it was such a good idea they were talking about how this going on and all of the graduating seniors and oh my God. it just broke my heart I, it's been like heavy on my mind today because I remember all of like the work it wasn't that long ago that we put into Mikey's like graduation his open house you know prom and like these poor kids like they work so hard so hard their whole and this is it it was like the culmination of it all and it's just all kind of canceled yeah. So it's just really sad. I mean, I think about Mikey's year, like you said, Mikey's graduating year, and like if the prom. Oh my god! Like all the recruitment stuff, like making sure his ACTs, all that stuff was locked in, like all like, of that. So like, I just can't even imagine. Then you know, just having your senior year, which I never was able to have. Um, but I mean, I've watched all these kids get it and watch them go through it, and then to think that you know these kids ain't getting and ain't getting to feel that, fulfill that, like. Walk across the stage, none yeah. Of that. The like their parents don't everything. get to do that. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm. I think about the impact of this, um, on the future 
of the country, but the world as, as well. It's like we talk about all the monetary thing, but just think about the logistical aspects of that, like getting kids into school, like getting kids into um, um, getting into um, colleges, you know, how, how that whole process is going to go selection, getting there. There's all of these things that are going to I was telling Erica the other day, they're going to have to really literally start the world over again from like March. What? 12th yeah like from march 12th they're gonna have to say okay this starts over march 12th going forward so everything's going to start over from that point like it's no it's no way like you're gonna be able to just i don't know retroactively do anything you're gonna have to say okay this starts it over and we're just gonna basically miss or lose like six months or however long this thing takes of our lives basically everything got to start right over again people are i mean because they're talking about no school for the rest of the year already at this point for for most. And they're just going to pass. Steve said through. education has changed forever. It yeah. has. Like, I don't understand it like, has to. how it can't. Like, people who are supposed to graduate or move up in level, like, all of that is just stopped. So, like, as far as education changes, there's so many different ways. But, like, also time frames. Like, we go, they go to school from September or August until June or May. That's all going to have to change no matter how you look at it. Um. What do you say? Well, I'm just kind of depending on how it all ends up. You just wonder if they're going to pass the kids. So, like, I don't know. That's what they're talking about. So, a lot of people, because I've been kind of following that, because I was really interested to see, like, how are they going to handle this? And basically, there's nothing coming out if you're not on track. But anybody that was on track to graduate will just move ahead. And they'll be able to, you know, get into the college as long as they were so on track. So, all them young men and women who I've been telling, keep y'all grades up all the way through. Don't wait till the test to get banging. Y'all about to learn today. It's and it's tough because like on track, basically, I know what that means. That means credit wise, were you going to graduate credit wise to be able to, you know, move on to that next level, which is college. But something, I, something I did see. I wanted to call this out because this was. I thought this was a really good idea because somebody just said that not canceled, postponed for a much bigger celebration. That's what I hope happens. I like that. Like that's perspective. Good, I was, good stuff, Eric. I, I, yes, and I was on a thread oh, earlier today with Dakia and Dakia is always in something like that just trying to do something wonderful and they were talking about that and they're trying to get community leaders in the city to put something on to start planning that now to make sure that's in place to give to these students but that's obviously on a grand scale but something small and this is something that even y'all could do and Darlise you remember Darlise and Jayana Mm-hmm. Um, her daughter is amazing, phenomenal, great student athlete. She plays volleyball. She's been accepted to tons of colleges. I mean, this girl's worked her butt off. And then like now it's like we're just in the house. So Darlise put her mom, um, put up a whole bunch of her like awards and like her number and her picture up on their windows of their house mm-hmm. and like decorated the whole front area. And I thought that was awesome because people are taking walks. So that's something cool that you can do. And then ever again. This is a good time to introduce positive changes like starting a school day a couple hours yeah. later. This is like, just think about outside of just school, but like all around the world, things that, like for instance, your job. I was just going to say, I'm working fully 100% remote. And more right productive. Now. So like, think about how many places where they're going to be like, you know what? We can work them at home. You know, we don't have to have the brick and mortar building. Like there's just so many different aspects of things that they're going to realize they don't have to have things the way they always had it. And you just see so many of those like times in in the in the in the world and so on where people just like to do things how they've always done it. It's not always about what's most efficient. People do not mind living in dysfunction. And if you watch the world, you can see that people do not care about living in dysfunction. And this doesn't work, but it's just always the way we did it. So I don't want to change anything, either because they're scared to change it, whether or not it fails. I can't really tell you. Um, 
Yeah, somebody's talking about says, it. High schoolers have car accidents, lower test scores, et cetera, because they're yeah, sleep schedule yep. That's exactly. That was my son's biggest issue going to school was getting up in the morning. That early, early like, that morning. And experts have been saying for years that is it's about the brain makeup. Like there's literally, some, especially at that age, and like it's, well, that's just how it's always been done. In the world today, too, like with social media and everything, like if the world switched and swapped from like, the 6.30 in the morning until 2.30 to more like a regular workday shift to 9 to 5 or 7 to 4 or anything like that, giving the kids, I wouldn't even say 7. Because like, well, Mikey's schedule, he was a, he was an athlete, so was, he was he was working every, or excuse me, working out every morning, every morning, 5 o'clock since ninth grade, working out every morning at 5 o'clock. Before school. Before school, then school, and then work out after, then, then practice, practice, and then if it was a Thursday, I mean, before game, then it was like meeting afterwards, so like, and then somewhere then in between, homework. it's homework, studying, school, or, uh, you know, dinner, parents, friends. Like, it's just a lot. And I think that they could do better at understanding that these kids have a lot on their plate. And some of the kids, especially, you know, anybody involved in anything outside of just the academic side of it, it's tough. And I don't think that they really think about that. And that's what, um, I, oh, I can't see it now, but he was talking about starting the school day just two hours later. Yeah. If you think about a kid that has to be at school by 7.30, if they take a bus, they usually have to get up and be out the house by like 6.15. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. There was a couple things that that would help too, like hygiene. I mean, that may sound funny, but if you think about a high school kid having time to actually wake up, wipe the clothes out their eyes, go brush their teeth, take a good shower, maybe get some clothes out the dryer and iron them. Like, all of those things, like, we just don't even understand, especially the inner city. I know because I was that kid at times in my life, but um, what they have to do to even get to school, like, what what it takes. You know, like, since I was a little kid, like, from kindergarten on to, I think, ninth grade, eighth grade, I was a latchkey kid. Like, my dad went to work at 730 in the morning and didn't get home until, like, 5 o'clock. He worked in Jackson. So, I, I mean, since I was in kindergarten, I can remember getting myself up getting cereal, getting dressed or whatever was around. My dad was a single, you know, he raised me single, uh, single dad at an early age um, in the house anyways. My mom was there, but anyways. Um, so I would get myself up and go. So like I watched what some of these kids in this day and age go to with younger parents who are less responsible, have to go through just to even get to class, yo. You know, like it's a, it's a mountain that they're trying to climb. Like it's some kids don't have all the stuff that everybody else gets. So then they got to add that on top of being up there at 730 in the morning. So like teachers, you know, and I'm not I'm not trying to blame any teachers for this issue. But I mean, they'll complain about a kid missing first hour every day. But do you know what they went through to, to get to second hour? You know what I'm saying? Like that climb that they had to take that climb up out of that, that area they in or, you know, the, the, the no food in their stomach. So even just changing that time of day, like real talk would give them kids time to figure some of that stuff out before they had to be to school. Exactly. Or just give them a little bit of time to wake their brains up. And then Eastern started doing it, but like the hybrid of in school and online learning, I think that not every kid is going to do well in that structured environment. And we're really one of the few, like, you know, in as far as society goes, the way we structure education in our schools is it's ridiculous. It's so, it's not conducive to real life learning. It's not conducive to real life what you're going to end up doing like just simply put grade school kids we expect them i was reading a meme earlier they were talking about how kids get up in the morning and they're like so now you see what the teachers are talking about you expect kids to sit in a classroom in a desk for seven hours with one recess for the whole day 
Think about that. And that recess be bullshit too. It does, but if you think about how much energy kids, youth, teenagers have, you know, and teenagers, hormones, family life, all these things, and we're expecting them to sit for seven, eight, that's hard for me to do as a as an adult at a job that I'm getting paid for. I, like that's hard, that's but we're expecting fact. these kids to do it. And I think that's the part of not going back to normal that I hope comes out of this. If there's a silver lining at all in this, is let me. Can you know, I it'll change the way we do things. I'm going to give y'all some truth. Like, this is some truth right here. Uh, Steven just said 1980s assembly line education. Yep. I agree with that. What's the yep. Eric said? Industrial age school system. So yep. this is what I think. This is what I say. I've always pressed my son to go to college, right? I always like, yo, you need to go to college because I didn't go, right? So I pressed him to get through high school because I didn't go. I ended up getting my GED at 33 just to show him that, listen, I can't press you to do something I didn't do. But I didn't do college either. But I feel like I, I feel I feel like Gary 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 V will say a lot of times that he doesn't ever press college on people because that's just not the way the world is moving. And I agree totally with that aspect. The only thing I will say about that is if you have a if you have a and I'm not saying this about my son or anybody else. I'm just saying if you have a lazy kid, then the Gary V strategy will not work for them. For instance, if you have a kid who's not self-driven, if you have somebody who doesn't have any who I shouldn't say doesn't have but lacks the motivation to do um, things outside the box or entrepreneurism or anything like that. It's not a bad thing to send them to college just to figure that stuff out while they're doing something progressive instead of just sitting and laying on your couch all day. Cause a lot of times the easy way out is to say, dad, I don't want to go to college. I want to, I want to, uh, work on my, whatever the case it is. And if that kid was responsible and self-driven and it showed you since eighth grade that they can push a lawnmower around the neighborhood and figure out you know how to make a couple of dollars and you see that entre entrepreneurialism in them, then it, that may be a good move. But if they've always been hard to get up and go or do anything, or they always got to be told, then it may not be a, a situation that may be beneficial for them. So I completely yeah. understand the aspect of not wanting to send any, if anybody watches TikToks, and I know I'm old, I'm 39 years old. Um, I'm 38. Let me not keep giving myself here. I'm a little older for TikTok. It's more of a teenage thing, but you learn so much from teenage. So like these these teenage things where that's where the move is. That's where all the all the mood and the vibe all comes from younger people. So if you want to know where the world is moving to, watch these younger people. Like trends pop up and it and it blows 30, 40, 50 million people go out and buy some stupid little pixie stick that has dust in it and just so they can make a video with it. So if you're watching this type off. of if you're watching this type of um, this type of movement, then you'll know like where the world is moving. It's moving more away from the assembly lines, even though those are very comfortable jobs where people can sit in those jobs for 30 years and then retire an old man and go off and live that dream. But more people are moving more towards like entrepreneurialism as, as well as like owning your own, you know, software company. You're doing something more labor, less intensive and more intellectually intensive. Yeah. Or idealism and figuring out ways to do things out that outside of the box. So what you're learning in college, like over four years and spending a hundred thousand dollars to learn, is really ultimately, unless you're going for a specific trade or for a specific degree, it really can be all for not. Um, if you get to the end and you have a like at my job, I work with people who have four year degrees in writing, government um uh, criminal justice and they're not using any of it they had to still go through emt school still had to go to firefighter one or two the same as i did the guy with just the gd and we make the same amount of money so unless you're 
focused on that from the day one. Like, okay, I'm going to go to school with this plan in mind. I'm not going to waste any time while I'm at, at college. I'm not going to waste any minutes of the day. I'm not going to waste any courses. Every course I take is going to lead me to this reason. Then you're wasting time and money. And ultimately, trade school. Great, I mean, awesome. so I I will say this because I agree with most of that, but I my views are a little bit different. I what I don't like is I think that yeah. people and I think young people should have the option to be able to choose one or the other. And we have like two very different things going on that are like dueling with each other that are very forced. You've got this force fed college is the only way to go. That's the only way that you can make you know something out of yourself, and that's not always true. There's trade schools, there's different avenues, there's running your own you know, business, being an entrepreneur, things like that. But I think college is very important. And I think college is something that it gives kids a chance to be on their own, but it's like a transition. The problem with, I, I feel the bigger problem in the United States is it's not a transition for anybody. It's a burden. They come out of it 50, 60, $100,000 in debt, you know, with a degree, but they're already coming out with a deficit you know they're they're three feet behind because they already owe all this money so now they're just trying to get a job to live but they owe all this money and interest is compounding on it i think kids should be able to go to college and get a degree that they you know in a field or an area that they want to be school. in that's what he um, said that's what i mean trade school. could be a trade school but college should be a lot it should be affordable for everybody to be able to go to if that's what they want and while they can figure themselves out Sometimes kids don't know that they want to go to trade school for maybe two, three years. They might not figure out what they want to do. I, I think about myself at age so, 19 and like what I did or didn't want to do with the rest of my life. So can, I, can so, I say something about that, though? Yeah. This is why when we talk about transitioning the way that we do things, you need to back that curve up. You shouldn't get two years into college before you decide what you know what you want to do. You should be two years in high school. So, like, let's start having more programs and more job shadowing and more ride-alongs and more coming on the job and finding out, man, this is what I like. This is what I want to do. This is where my, my passion is at. Even though your passion may change, at least that sets you up to be going into another situation where you have some type of focus on what you want. How many kids go to college in the first two years that they're there? They, I don't know. They change their major a couple times. I, there's Which nothing wrong normal. with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But couldn't we back? trace yes. that a little bit and figure some of that stuff out early but that's like, part of the education some system. people may say trade schools let's think about that let's think about uh, being a lineman these are all jobs that i went after when i was younger like a lot of people used to ask me all the time like how did you get that job where you're at or i worked for at&t i was a lineman basically i, I went up and on the poles and and fixed all the lines and i worked for comcast and i applied for those jobs because i First of all, it wasn't because of a passion. It was more or less like this is a good paying job. I don't need much to do it. They'll teach me. So that was a skilled trade, though. Like I, I, I spliced fiber, which is like a big deal now. Everything we have Internet wise goes on fiber. So I learned those things at a young age. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't get to a certain point. But so like there's all these different jobs. You got linemen that can you know work for consumers energy. Uh, doing electrical you could do plumbing you can do hvac there's a lot and welding. it's lucrative it, there's all these things but the thing the the problem is is we don't start in high school there's this weird switch in the united states that like the last day of high school or whatever you're you turn 18 you graduate and you're supposed to just be an adult now yeah get your we ass haven't out. but we Shit. haven't treated you like an adult up to this point you you need a hall pass to go use the bathroom we're, but now we're going to send you off into the world and you're supposed to know what you're supposed to be doing and we just don't do enough in high school to prepare people you know these young adults for the real world and granted yes parents obviously we know that we you know Got my, we got Mikey a checking account, you know, teach him about credit, teach him about how to do this, teach him how to, you know, 
but not every kid has that. So, you know, they're coming in, they go to college at a deficit. They don't really know how to do the college thing and how to be successful. So let's it's talk just about, about centering things ab around being successful. We definitely don't, um, especially many, in our local area. How many kids do we know, like, that go to college and be back their first year or two? I mean, it's failure to adapt. That's what it really is. Like, ultimately, they get there. It's nothing like they thought it was going to be. It's way over their head. A lot yep. of times they're getting pushed through high school. And by the time they get to college and people are holding them accountable and not by saying, get your butt up and go to class, but just the grades are just holding them accountable. I mean, ultimately, that's what they're dealing with, yo. Like, so backing some of that stuff it, up. Yes. I, I, I want to read this by Dr. Buchanan. She said, we need more options for kids for the year after high school. Few are ready for college and they show up on campus wasting two years of money and time. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. And, you know, they're like I said, they feel like they're set up for failure and, and we can do so much better. It's really not that difficult. That's something I will say this. You, you'll hear plugs, but it's always plugs about like good stuff that's going to be helping in the community. But the village Lansing, Lansing, which we're a part of, that's something that's on our plug. agenda. <laughs> Shameless plug. plug. But the village Lansing, like that's a big deal for us and for me and a lot of the people that we're involved with is we want to help make that transition a little easier for some of the young adults. And it's going to have to be outside of school hours. Like we're going to try to ha teach them like, how do you, how do I apply for college? How do I apply for grants? How do I apply for the FAFSA for federal money? This is all things that you, you take for granted. And until I, we went through it with our son, it's a lot to deal with, but like these kids, you wonder why didn't they do this? And there's a lot of judgment with kids coming home or not. But like Walt said, it's that transition from high school to college. It's really tough for a lot of kids. We they don't. It doesn't have to be. We got them for four years before they ever go off to college. What are we doing? So I this pause because this this might feel like a, a tangent, but. This Man, pause is like, I think, what we needed. I just hope people get it together, or like really start figuring out what can we do differently. Like, I think that's the scariest word to Americans is different, yo. Like different, not the same status quo. I remember we were we were at my job. We were going to um, the union president came up for reelection. And I liked the guy. I really liked the guy. The guy was an awesome dude. He seemed progressive in a lot of ways. And I had a conversation with him as a new kid in this department, which was unheard of for the new kid to walk up to the union president and be talking to him about this, that, and the other. And I remember I asked him, the one question I asked him made me decide not to go away from him, which ended up being a big mistake. But at the end of the day, I made the decision sound because of this statement he made. I said, what is your vision for us going forward? And he said, if I can get status quo, then I'm good. And that made my decision right there. I don't want ever. I never want status quo. I think we always should be reaching past what we have. Like never should we ever sit back and say, I'm comfortable with this situation. It's great. I don't care how great you got it or you think you got it. There's just, in my opinion, you should always be looking for what you can get better. Like for everybody, not just for yourself, because that's snaky when you're just looking for yourself a way yeah. better. But for everybody, how can we as a people or how can we all do better? And so when he says status quo, I was just like, ah, I can't it's really, like, I can't really deal with you. And then like, when you look at the world we're in today and like what's going on with these hospitals and people who don't have insurance and all of these different things that are going on. I mean, it makes sense that a lot of the things that we, that all these campaigns have been built on, like universal health care for everybody, um, you know, stimulus checks to the whole country all the time, not just right now, reparations. I mean, these things mean a free lot. Free college. Free college, free health Because that's I mean, something Matt Brown just said. Yeah, like Most so, people use student loans just to get by. They're living hell off of them. Hell yeah, I, absolutely. Because when do they have time to go to school? My son went to school for football. And 
in college, if anybody, you don't have no time to work. So if we wasn't parents that could afford to help him, I mean, he would have been up there starving and broke with nothing. And he was even starving and broke with us helping him. So ultimately, I it's mean, hard. there's just so many things. Let me read some of these comments because I don't want, I, this is a great topic. Yeah. Um, I'd love to stick on this forever. We said we was going to lock this show down to an hour. We can so. go a few minutes over though because this is good. Because right. there's something else I wanted to touch on too. So because what is, hold on, let's read some of these comments. Um, Walt says, oh. correct, Erica, the transition from high school to college is tough for a lot of kids. Absolutely. Um, we know that. Yeah, it's I mean, an a lot of kids come home, yo, because it's just too much to deal with. Yo, they out there on their own. They never really been on their own, or they have been on their own a lot, with not a whole lot of responsibility. But not in that structure. Yeah, in a structure where people aren't digging at you and holding you accountable for every single thing. So, um, yeah, I mean that's definitely one. Um, the Matt true Brown, failure to adapt started with the with the adults. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. So Matt says this is because we don't make schools do better. I, I've been a big, big advocate of this. Now, I've had a chance to actually walk into the schools, and this is what I'll say about this. I think that if we're going to fix the school district, it's not going to be from the people in the boots on the ground. Like, the boots on the ground really don't have a whole lot of say-so on how to do the day-to-day. A lot of that comes from the administrators and the people who are on the school board and the superintendent, right? So if we're going to change the schools, it's going to have to come from there. Like, for instance, let me give you a perfect example of this. Ever High School, the Village Lansing, me, Juwan Randall, who, who's a very highly respected person in the community as well, uh, went down to the city to talk to them about possibly doing some mentoring or whatever in the schools. They opened up and was like, yeah, you know, this sounds like a great idea, and basically ghosted us after that. So with this prime example of, like, people with the villages, you know, it's just all community members that wanted to do better, were saying, hey, we want to come help. The school kind of blackballed us and was like, I shouldn't say blackballed us. The school district basically yeah, was school. like, well, they ain't prepared, they ain't ready. But who is ever ready, right? Yeah. And people can come in there with a big portfolio platform on how they want to do something, but are they the right people to present it? Clearly right? not, because ain't nothing changed. Right. <laughs> so when you have a situation like the school has been going on, um, what's been going on to schools like it's really at a defcom 30 like we just got to do whatever's gonna help whatever whatever possible can help so anyways they kind of they kind of killed that idea we didn't hear anything back from our but one, one of our members terrence cooper was working with yeah shout out terrence was working with um nicole or excuse me nicole uh principal gundrum at ever high school and he had been talking to her off and on you know for like the whole school year about us wanting to get in there with the village and so on and and talk to them and so on and talk to the kids and like just be there be a presence right young men that are successful or maybe who've had some troubles in their life but brought themselves out of it you know we just wanted to be in there with the kids so miss gundrum miss bell um a couple of the other principals there miss riley just took a chance and was like you know what come in here get y'all volunteer paperwork together y'all come in here and make a difference so they want help like they want help but it's got to come from higher up yo and it's like a lot of times it gets Their caught in that, yeah, that bureaucracy where you got people that want to deal with this, but they got bigger issues, but won't delegate it down to somebody who actually can touch people. So they didn't delegate this down to Miss Gundrum, and then Miss Gundrum just took a chance and bless her heart for doing that because we've had an impact there. We've been able yeah. to go into that school, young men just like myself, been able to go in that school, kick it with the kids, talk to them, just be a structured black man or a structured person that they can see this in there that cares, and it's and it's made a huge improvement. So. With Matt, with what Matt said about being able to change the schools, we got to figure out the level to do that, right? So we got to figure out what level do we attack, and that's the only word I really know how to use to make them do right by our youngsters. You know, like the city of Lansing is the nucleus of this whole environment. Oakham is Holt, East Lansing, 
Grand Ledge, everything else. But our school district is the worst. And it's not because the people there are not trying. It's because we can't get the help of the people up top. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not a focus. So like you think about our school districts and if you walk through any of our schools, again, it's not they fault, but you walk through our schools, the bathrooms are trash. They don't got no paper, no books. Like it's just, it's not their fault, but they have no resources. You know what I'm saying? So, but we have resource money to build beaches. You know what I'm saying? Like on the grand river, like mm -hmm. I'm never going to stop talking about that when Sexton ain't got no real heat. Or they ain't got no toilet paper in the bathroom. When the sink at Everett's the exact same rattered, tattered, failing sink that was there when I went there. Or we only got three or four resource officers for 1,600 kids. Like, that's not every high school that wants it that way. They only they get their funding from somewhere else. So, like, I love the the boots on the ground. Yo, these teachers and these people in these schools are, are passionate. You got to be to do that job. So they passionate. They want help. I feel like us as a community has to get them that help by voting. Yeah. You know, yeah. putting the people in place to go and challenge some of those positions like that's like what I yeah. feel like. That's really what I'm trying to do. If I if we we're going to talk about politics and how I would get involved with politics, it wouldn't necessarily be me running or my name being on anything. It would be me finding the candidate to challenge these people who need to come up out of here. Yeah. And getting people to understand and know what's on the table, because that's really important. You know, people it's hard enough to get people out to like the big elections. And obviously that doesn't matter. But your local government matters so much more. And you hear that a lot. It's like a catchphrase. Local government is the most important. But I don't even know how else to say that other than it's the most important because there's a lot of things that don't trickle down as much to us. And, and you might know about it, hear about it. You might see it somewhere, feel it somewhere. But your local government, who's on your school board, who decides who gets what funding and where and when and how? I mean, those are the things, school board meetings, attend those. They're open to the public. See council meetings, open to the public. There's ordinances, There's things are voted on. They're talked about people that are making the decisions. Are We vote for them or so, we don't. So let me just talk about this because I've found time, right? I'm 38 years old now and I finally found time to show up to some of these things. And it's been events in the city that have driven me to show up to some of these things. So like I went to my first city council meeting when Mikey was given a um, when Mikey was given was a, a resolution, a resolution for them kneeling at Lansing Catholic. That's the first time I went to the city council meeting. This is like the beginning of my activity was during that point. So my thing is like all of these are open to everybody. City council meetings are open to everybody. Um, the police board or police commission meetings are open to everybody. The fire board are open to everybody. You know, the. Um, the student, uh, what is it I'm talking? What am I thinking? Educational board, mm -hmm. board of education. All those are open to everybody to go yeah. see and be able to speak. They give everybody a, like they have like a, a three minute window where yeah. you can come up and they speak for three minutes speak. and let the public speak and get yeah. your point across. This is the thing though. People just, first of all, don't either know about it or they're too busy in their own life to understand. It's like anything. Like I feel like this is the best way I can explain it to you. If you have a cut that's just aching you, it won't heal. It's messed up. The only, you're going to think in your mind, how do I get this cut to heal? So you're going to put ointments on it. You're going to try to do different things to get it fixed. But you're not realizing that the real problem is your immune system is not fighting and building up what you need to to build that skin back up and so on and so forth. So you're not attacking the real issue. So like in our lives, people get fumbled up and thinking about bills and taxes are high, roads are messed up. And so they're trying to put small patches on these things instead of trying to figure out the real way of fixing these problems, like the real way of fixing our, our communities and the real way of fixing our school district is like we talked about going to the school board, forcing the mayor to allocate more money to these things. So like that's the real issue, arguing and crying to principals and 
teachers is not the they'll way. listen to you and they'll be sympathetic right so it's really about that finding in these problems the real fix not just what we think is it or being stressed out about our own situations at home to where we don't realize our situation at home has a lot to do with our local vote our city mm -hmm. council you know when the trash gets picked up or how many times a day that all revolves around these these decision makers um kevin, so that's like, like i kevin try to just, get people to kevin understand just said that. most people don't even know what word they belong to you are you ain't lying that's a fact and i'll be honest with you i didn't for the longest i wasn't ever active in this way i didn't care about what word i was with or where i was at or when i went to vote it was really only blue or red for the president democrat or republican it wasn't nothing else i didn't think about local government didn't care anything about that but that's until it started to affect me and not even just that though like you're like who your word is yeah, that's who your council member is if you don't know so you got to know what ward you're in then you know who your city council member is your city council member you'll know a lot about why your area is the way it is just by getting to know who your council member is you if know. you know who your council member is chances are your words on the up it's on the up and up it's coming up that means my that city they're council in member is brandon betts he's on he's my friends new. list he's on my friends list i talk to him periodically here and there we both took a knee together at the martin luther king luncheon mm -hmm. he they came did to an one article of our at the city pulse about it he came to our protest at the city hall for black lives matter um that's my guy right there white dude council member yeah council <laughs> member thick glasses i mean I shouldn't say he's got thick glasses. They're thick black glasses. <laughs> but I mean, just frame. Dude, he is, meant just, the frame, not dude is just legit, yo. And right. like, I helped to get him in by voting for him, by getting behind him. So that's what you got to do. You know, you you actually got to find your, again, like I said, I don't necessarily want to run for these positions, but if I can find the right candidate to take on the Jody Washington who needed to come off the first ward, that's what we did. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about her, but I like Brandon better. So ultimately, we got them elected. And it's about knowing your candidate. You look at the platforms, you look at their voting history, what they've been against, what they've spoken out against, what they haven't spoken out against. And then once they're in, you hold them accountable because that's exactly. a big one. You can't just allow people to come in and say, this is what I want for the South Side of Lansing. Then they get in there and nothing status quo. That's that can't happen. So they let me tell you about how powerful I'm giving y'all secrets. But let me tell you about how powerful like Facebook is. Anybody who you want to talk to, anybody, I mean, if it's a star, you can look at every, every, so like, think of all the people in, um, people, Jeff said he met him, yeah, he is, yeah, yep. at the Lily protest. Anyways, think about all the people who you could think that are out of reach, right? The mayor, sure. Um, all of our council members, they're all on Facebook with a Active. direct messenger. You can actually touch them right there. You can say, hey, this is my problem. I'm one of your constituents. This is an issue in my area. Brandon is that accessible. I mean, he does a, a a meeting, I think, once a month over here at the, at the old train station right here. Mm -hmm. But these people are that accessible. The mayor is that accessible if you want to go after mm -hmm. talking to him. You can set a meeting and walk right up to his office. So we can't keep acting. We can't keep acting like these people. I'm sorry. We can't keep acting like these people aren't trying to hear. I think somebody made a statement. I think it was Dan Ross. He talked about, um, I think it was Dan. He talked about, um, whether or not he would ever run for city council again. And he was like, this is my problem running for city council. Even if y'all got me in, if even if y'all voted me into city council, would y'all tell me what y'all problems are? Would you come and be a part of this movement to, to make things better? Or would you just sit back and talk junk about me because I didn't fix things in your area? So like that was so powerful. A thought process is like, you can bring somebody up, but then if when they get there, you decide, I don't even like him now because now he's in the city council. I don't like him now because he's here or whatever the case is. 
you're not going to use that person that you put up there to fix your neighborhoods. So this is why it's so important that these people are in these positions. Find out what ward you're in. Find out who's in that ward or who's dealing with it. And then the issue that you have, if, if your neighbor yard is always trashy and they got everybody got a junkyard in their neighborhood. If you want that dealt with, there's places and ways to deal with that. I, I can tell you this from experience. If you at somebody on an issue you'll get a hold of them immediately. I see it all the time where they ask somebody like, hey, so-and-so, can you take a look into this? What are they going to do about this? I'm talking like BWL issues, noise ordinances, dog ordinances, trash, whatever the case may be. If you have something in your neighborhood that you're, you know, it's pissing you off and you don't know what to do about it, reach out. They will do something about it. And if you have, if your city council member isn't holding constituent meetings at least once a month, make them. Right. Make them. And so, um, if you don't, this is how dangerous it can be. They slide things up under you, right? So therefore, um, a big, big deal right now is the um, Pleasant Grove and Homes Shopping Center, right? That was been that was a big deal. Like everybody was really up in arms. Not everybody, but the people downtown were kind of up in arms. And Adam Hussein was pushing to have that brought back to life, right? In a good way, rejuvenated, like, rejuvenated. But it was met. Excuse me, it was met. Um, kind of bad because of the press and how they kind of said that like this was a troubled spot and like so everybody was all up in arms they're trying to neighborhood like wait a minute so like ultimately this is what i say about things like that if you don't get involved in some type of way that area that you were so loved and you were so aggravated with people calling it this or that can become whatever they want it to become if you don't go out there and voice your opinion if you don't go out there and show, hey, listen, I, I live in the third ward. I'm from the south end of town. I live in the Churchill Downs area, and I'm not going to have that 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 shopping center that we all love so much and where all these local businesses are in be turned into a big, you know, high-dollar shopping center that they yeah. can't afford to be in anymore. But if you don't say these things, if you don't go out there and voice your opinion on these, they can slide things. And I'm not saying that about Adam or anybody else. I'm just well, saying. Well, and thank goodness that's not what they were trying to do. But what if they were? They could, though. They could They could slide things up Easily. under. Just like what, you know, like when they were talking about this new stimulus packages going out and they were talking about how much money they were trying to dish out, like under the table. Like if they have business. this big, like think about these these packages that come in and these bills that get formed. They're this thick, right? It could just be one line in there that says $1 trillion or $1, one billion that this is going to go towards the border wall. And you miss that. And you're not there to complain about that before it gets signed in. It just comes law. So this is why it's important to be involved in some of these things. You know what I'm saying? And with with like, um, you know, Facebook and just, uh, you know, all, all anything that's social media. It's just way too easy now. It nowadays, is. it's way too easy. And it wasn't it that is. accessible and easy. And I always used to think of myself as like an activist heart. I grew up in a household that activism was something that was embraced and you stood up for what you believed in, whatever the case may be. But it wasn't always as easy nowadays you know exactly where who what when why is happening at all times so right. i had we had to kind of be like we can't make excuses we can't be those people that are constantly you know complaining about how things are but what are we doing to try to fix it and i'm not saying because this is what i hear most often what is my voice going to do what am i one person and the problem with that is that's how everybody thinks. If so everybody I, you thinks know, that way, then you got a thousand people who think their voice don't ex matter. Exactly. And that's all it took was a thousand people to make a change. So. But I've had conversations with people, whether it be online or in person, we've had conversations and that conversation, it can just, it might be a seed and you see the fruits of your labor and those conversations and just, you know, you see that grow and maybe 
they start looking into something a little deeper. They start researching it. Maybe they, you know, get swayed. They start talking to the community. That's how change happens. So I want to say this, what one voice can do. Let's talk, let's talk about that just for a minute because we got to end this. I don't want to take this too long with y'all. Um, one voice can do so much. So I've been in so many rooms in the last year and a half where I've been speaking from a position of just little old me, citizen of Lansing, right? But I've been dropping these little things into these leaders that I want changed and these things that I want. So I present it in a way where they can hear it and take it and make it their own. I don't have to be in credit of it. I don't need nobody to give Mike Lynn no credit for these changes that are being made. But if I can present an idea that that person can beat down at the moment and I say, you know, you ever thought about and then they can take that idea and then present it. And then next thing you know, it's something that becomes something in this city. I'm all open for that. So what can one voice do? One voice can put that birdie in somebody's ear who can actually make the change. And I'm, we've been seeing it all across the city, that, like recently. Sure. All these little things that we've been seeing across the city, somebody is presenting that. These leaders are leaders. They're not They're not just all-encompassing and... geniuses <laughs> yeah. that know everything. Somebody is giving them great information to move forward or bad information. It can go either way. Okay. So just understand that ultimately – your one voice can mean so much, yo. Like it can mean so much. But I, I believe that all it sometimes all it can all it takes is a conversation. If you can get a conversation started, that's huge, major. Right. Just get them talking about it because they'll talk about it with somebody else that might agree with you, and then somebody else, and then they start realizing this is important. So. Yeah. So great conversation, man. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Yo, I saw a couple like... ideas in there in the comments about topics. So, yeah, I'll look back through those. But if you guys have anything else that y'all want to talk about, because, again, it wasn't just ever going to be us talking at you. Right. What do y'all want to talk about? That's what we'll talk about. And so, like I talked about earlier, like getting people into this show, y'all showing everyone how to walk the walk. Not everyone can say the same, but true. Um, okay. So, anyways, what – um. What I want to do, though, like, we want to bring people on, and we have ability to Skype people in, you know, like, where you can be on this show with us. Think of it like a nightly show, you know? Like, think of it like a night show. Like, it's a show of us talking about the current happenings in the city, our lives. We're going to put a little bit of that in there all the time. We got 22 years to, to fill y'all in on, so for some of y'all who may only know the last five years of our lives, but... So we're going to always open up with that, and then we want to get into conversation like this, and it's so good. But I'd like to get other people involved, and we can read the comments that show up. But I would really like to um, bring some people on, man, who have something to offer. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Buchanan, who, again, I said is a psychologist. She works at MSU. She does a lot of work with um, uh, social justice and how uh, what should I say, sensitivity training and so on and so forth, showing what the world looks like to black people. Um, is going to come on here and talk to us too. So I'm going to schedule that. I'll let y'all know when that show is going to be so y'all can all be here. You can ask questions to her. She can answer. Um, so that's something That'll that we're trying to do. That'll be a major do. topic. I want to get, I'm going to shout these people out right now because I'm, I'm feeling shameless. I want to get Darrell Slaughter on here. I yes. want to get Sarah Anthony on here. Yes. I want to get Angela Waters Austin from BLM yes. on here. Um, I got Chief... Um, what am I thinking? Sorry, Herb, police chief. Green. Yeah, Chief Green. I talked to. Green. He's on my Facebook. I don't know if he's seen. Tosh. I love to get him on here. Um, yes, Tashmika. Oh, Tashmika. Yes, she deals yes. with um, Tashmika survivors, young yes. children, uh, and survivors. She has the Firecracker Foundation. We love to get her on here and talk yes. to her. So this this thing is a platform that's so wide open yo that we can present so many different things and it's free just get on here and look mm -hmm. at it yo like that's it share this go to america 20 to life on facebook like it 
Go to our America 20 to life on Instagram like that. Catch up with some of those things. You guys are going to be the reason why we um, succeed or don't here in Lansing. I mean, we're going to keep pressing this thing until mm. it pops. But um, I want to present y'all like I was telling I was telling somebody earlier, like I have a lot of people that I know from that are way up top and then some that are. You know, I don't want to say down here, but we, we I know people from all levels of the ladder. So if I can meet them to, in the middle to meet each other and be able to like make conversation, good conversations. conversation, because I'm telling you, growing up in the hood, I've seen so many brilliant people who just never, um, never got their ideas to the right person. So, I mean, listening to some of the people talk, man, it's just like, man, you're a genius. Like, I don't have no, I don't have no higher education, but. People listen to me, you know, they, they say, wow, you're really intelligent. You know how to, you know how to uh, speak and get your points across. So you have really good ideas. It's just from growing up, man, like being around some really brilliant people who just may not have had that degree. So bridging that There's gap. There's a lot like, of people on here that we know that are just like that. And something yeah. that y'all should know about us is we, we find a lot of value in voices, people's voices, their perspectives, their upbringings, their views. You know, it's not about who you are and what you do necessarily, but how'd you get there? You know? Oh, Matt Brown. I want to get you on too. Matt Brown. He fixes credit. First of all, he brokers houses and can real estate to sell you a house. He's a realtor as well. Um, and also get you your loan. So like he could take a credit score, like five, something five eighty or six, something and get you a brand new house or whatever the house. case is like on the mm -hmm. FHA loan. So I'd love to get him on here to talk about that. Um, and then when this quarantine breaks, we got a third mic. We'd love to get a person to sit, like right about here, and then they can be on the show with us and take. We can take and or take calls in. Um, so you can ask them questions. You can ask them or... questions while they're here. So there's just so much parameters on how we can do this show. How this platform could be great. So we're excited. I hope y'all enjoyed it. We will be back on tomorrow, 8 p.m. To all y'all friends and all y'all family members, inbox us with any ideas that y'all yes. would like to talk about. Um, if you have something that you feel is influential that you would love to put on the show and want to come on, let us know. Or if you have questions, we'll read off answers to any questions that you have. Anything. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Ask if you have questions, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, yeah. Submit all of that. You know, this is what it's for. Yeah. We don't want to have to try to go over an hour. We might end up having to shake the show like an hour and a half. Like, we're getting these <laughs> good tough. conversations. Like, people are ringing up crazy. some good stuff. It is. So, um, so some people said they didn't get to hear the intro. So we'll play that one more time for people. In the in the bridge video, if you didn't get to see it, that is on Facebook, I think. The bridge video is on our Instagram. You can okay, find it on there. So, America Twenty to Life on Instagram. You can find that bridge video that everybody keeps talking about. It's it's um, funny, yeah. So let me see. And we'll play the intro now as the outro. Yeah. So but the intro will be the outro. Um. Thank you guys. I appreciate y'all hanging out in. with us. Appreciate y'all. Um. Can't wait to do this again tomorrow. So 8 o'clock tomorrow. Remember, we'll start it up about 7.50 and just let people get in here before we get going. So don't get all panicky if you can't hear. So if we're not talking to you, um, just know I'll that. I'll just be getting my tea. Yeah, we're just getting it all <laughs> together. So look at the grand finale, likes and loves. Appreciate you, Doug. Hey, so yeah, let's let's do a little, hold on. Let's do a little round of applause there. Uh, it's our first show. You guys are all a part yeah, of it. Appreciate y'all. And you can find the recording of this will be on YouTube yep. on our America 20 life on YouTube. So give me like a day to put that on there and get that together. So yeah. by tomorrow, midday, it'll probably be up. But yeah. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you all. Appreciate everybody for coming on and checking us out. Stay safe.
Stay safe. Wash yes. your damn hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Stay quarantined if you possibly can. We love y'all. Love us. Yeah. America, 20 to life. Yo, excuse me, Miss Lynn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this very mic, you're about to hear, we, we swear, the, the best, best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, if you, you didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. Erica, 20 to life.